Well, good morning, Exchange Church. My name is Pastor Mark. Welcome to Exchange. Along with my beautiful wife, Pastor Ellie, we are the lead pastors here. And if this is your first time, welcome. We pray that today's message is an encouragement to you. I pray that it stirs up the measure of faith that God has put within you. In fact, we are believing for our best days ahead. We're believing that exchange is going forward at the pace of faith. And we're believing for God to do so much. And we'd love to get connected with you. So reach out. You can actually email us at hello at exchangecc.com or even leave a message in the chat and we'll connect with you that way. We have people that monitor that and love to reach out. And so I am excited uh, for church and what's coming up in the future. Uh, For those of you who don't know, today we are actually meeting in person in the beautiful hills of Lafayette. We've found this wonderful wedding reception place. Isn't that iconic that the Bride of Christ is meeting at a wedding reception place. We have our good friend Taps, who is also leading worship today and a great experience. And so I only say that to encourage people. Of course, most mandates are really starting to lift now. Mask requirements are lifting and so forth. And so I'd encourage you to be part of one of our online services because, uh, sorry, one of our in-person services because they're absolutely incredible. And we also have in-person services at our ministry center that meets at nine and 11 here in Warner. Creek. And so once again, you're invited, consider yourself invited to that. Um, I want to talk quickly as well about an upcoming class that I'm doing. It's called our Spiritual and Leadership Development Class. And it starts on June 14th at 7 till 8.30 p.m. And the purpose of this class is to talk about uh, leadership culture, is to talk about our spiritual formation, so that during this whole season that we've been in lockdown and we haven't been able to meet necessarily in person, we wanna get together again, we wanna kind of do a reset and kind of a, a recasting of the vision and talk about our culture, talk about our values, who we are. This is a great uh, time to get involved in the life of Exchange Church in terms of, hey, this season we're in right now is not going to last forever. And Exchange Church is going to meet in person again on a regular basis. Consider this class an activation of seeing that take place. We are encouraging all leaders and volunteers, and hey, I'd even throw it out there to new people who want to be involved in a local church. And so consider yourself invited to that. Well, I'm talk about today our faith being stretched. So let me start with a prayer and then we'll get straight into it. God, we thank you for your word, that it's powerful, it's transformational, it's living and it's active. And I pray God today that your word gets into our hearts and into our minds. And I pray that it accomplishes that which it sets out to achieve. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna talk today about our faith being stretched, what it means to have our faith stretched by God. I wanna start by talking about, do you remember the first time that you moved out of home? Wasn't it the best experience ever? But it was also quite overwhelming. I remember when I moved out of home, I was around 16, 17 years old. My parents had moved down to the south, south coast. I lived on the south coast, but they went even further south. And I didn't want to leave. There was two reasons. The first was because of how good the surf was where I grew up. And the second reason was, it's because I believed I was called to my local church. It would make commute to that church almost impossible. And so I made a commitment 
that I was gonna teach guitar, I was gonna teach piano, and work out how to pay rent, and live with a bunch of surfers, and it was an awesome time. But I remember the feeling, the daunting, overwhelming feeling of, man, how on earth am I going to be able to afford the rent? How am I gonna pay the rent every single month? It was daunting. And do you remember also realizing as part of that, we had to put the electricity on, we had to put the water on, and it was, costs that I'd never thought of, I'd just taken for granted. And thank God for our parents. And so uh, the good thing is, is that now, because I was able to do that and move out, the good thing is, is that I had freedom. I could do my own thing in my own time. But boy, was that freedom expensive, really expensive. And so I just remember those times were some of the fun times. For Ellie and I, when we moved to America back in 2008, let me give you a bit of a, a snapshot of what the climate was like. The economy had crashed. And so because of that, it was a very financially challenging time for a lot of people. Banks weren't lending money and everything was very tight. And added to that, we also didn't have a credit score. We did, however, have a social security. And if you're watching from Australia, that's your TFN number. And so we were trying to establish ourselves here and I remember when we first moved to America and rented a place in Houston, we had to pay one year of electricity up front because we didn't have a credit score. We weren't trusted. Unlike the, the uh, criminal system, the legal system where you're innocent until proven guilty, the financial system here is you're guilty <laughs> until proven innocent. And so we also had to pay on each phone a $500 deposit on each phone. We also had to pay one month's rent. I think that's common, but we still had to pay it out of pocket. Uh, the interest rate on our first car loan, wait for it and hold your breath, because we didn't have a credit score, the interest rate on our first car loan was 22%. Can you believe that? That's uh, basically theft. I'm a, almost a 30 year old man and I couldn't get a credit card, which is just absolutely asinine. I, I couldn't believe that I had to justify and prove myself. All of my records from Australia did not matter, didn't mean a thing. And so all these other costs that kept on sucking up all of our savings and they kept on going after it. But because I didn't have a credit score, it was incredibly difficult to get a credit card. I think I got rejected from a gas service station credit card. I got rejected by Costco. Can you believe I got rejected by Costco? A place where dreams come true very frustrating. And so because of the fact that I couldn't get a credit card, I was having to use our Australian credit cards. Now, something you have to understand when you use the Australian credit cards is that you're paying the exchange rate fee. And then on top of that, you also we were losing at that time 40 cents on the dollar because of the conversion rate. And so $1 became 60 cents plus the tax and plus all of the charges that go along with that. It was a, let's say, a very challenging time. And one might say, well, if God called you here, wouldn't he provide and wouldn't he make a way? And he did, and we're here now, but I can say in the moment, it might not have felt like that. But do you know what got us through? What got us through is this. We had, a, even though all this was happening, we had a big smile on our face because we had an even, an even bigger word from God in our heart. We knew that we had been called. We didn't just went to Houston, 
we believe we were sent to Houston by God. In other words, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. We were looking at that situation, not through our flesh, not through just what appeared to be what was, but we were looking at it through eyes of faith because that is how we've been called to live. That's how you have been called to live. Maybe there's a mess in your world right now where you've been called by God to live by faith and not by sight. Maybe we need to take our eyes off what we see around us and start looking to what God is doing in the midst of the mess, creating a masterpiece because God is absolutely brilliant at doing that. Who remembers buying their first house? Now that is a big step up from moving out of home and renting to moving out of renting to buying. And that was a dream for us. We had basically spent more than half of our married life renting in apartments. By the way, I absolutely love apartments. And the reason why, you have to take care of the yard, you have to mow the lawn, you have to do the garden, and you don't have to worry about those crazy gophers that attack your house constantly here. I never even heard of a gopher until I moved to America. But I'll tell you what, they heard of me. They saw me coming a mile away, and now I've got gopher, gopher holes everywhere in my house. But when you buy a house, there are so many hidden costs that you don't know about. So many that come out of that costs for this and, and, and for this and, and all these different things, real estate fees and, and fees from uh, when you, the person sells the house and fees from all, all of these things that I didn't know about. And, and also not to mention that it's a 20% down payment in the Bay Area in America to purchase a house, a 20% down payment on the price of the house. And we live in one of the, one would say, might say, one of the most expensive neighborhoods in the world here in the Bay Area. It's a, it's a, it's a, a real challenge to be able to get to that. It's a huge leap of faith to be able to step up into that and lots of other people in the midst of that. And this is what blows my mind is people are putting down cash offers. Who's got that much cash? I would like to know how on earth are people paying cash for million dollar plus homes, which is just unbelievable. And then all of a sudden now you've, you, you know what your rent costs you a month. Then all of a sudden you see your mortgage come in and you see on top of that your land tax and all of the others and it all adds up and it's a huge leap of faith. But it says again in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. We don't live by sight. And the reason why I say this is because how many of people know is that we're not just called, we're not just here to live in this area because of our job. We're actually here because God has placed us to make a difference. And if God has called us here, then I believe God is gonna provide for us. And sometimes in seasons of life, God stretches our faith, enlarges our tent, so that we can step up in life as we grow and we mature in our relationship with Him. And just like that, you know, I believe that the moment that you give your heart to Jesus, uh, it, it activates a, a faith adventure. The moment you give your heart to Him, it's like this adventure of faith begins. And you don't live uh, by sight anymore. You live by faith. It is an absolute game changer. Game changer. You are not career led. You're spirit led. You are not materially led. 
You are spirit-led. You are not a person of the opposite sex-led. You are spirit-led. You are not feelings-led. Huge important one, especially in today's uh, society. We are not feelings-led, we are spirit-led. You are not media and social media-led. You are spirit-led. In fact, you are not flesh-led, you are spirit-led. Romans 8, 5 says this, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. It's a choice to choose to live selfishly from the flesh, pleasing self, serving self, or to live according to the spirit, serving God and serving others. It's a completely opposite direction. And when we become a Christian, it activates a journey, a spirit-led journey in our relationship with Christ through faith to live for him as he calls us to different areas to do different things for his thing, for his cause. Now, faith, talk about faith. Faith is, it's first received, then it's heard, then faith is actioned, and then faith is tested. How faith unfolds in our life. Let's look at that and let's break that down, each one of those. Faith is received. It says in Romans 12, 3, as, and this is paraphrased, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has dealt you a measure of faith. And I don't know if you know this, some of you may have heard that you were born a blank canvas. That's not true. You were not born a blank canvas. In fact, the Bible says is that the law was written on your heart and your mind before you, in your mother's womb. Uh, spiritual gifts were there from God. They came from God. Eternity has been placed in your heart. There are plans, plans for, for good and for a hope and to prosper you, plans that come from God. The Bible says that there is a measure of faith. So first, faith is received. Faith is heard. Faith is heard. Romans 10, 12 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's a really challenging yet inspiring passage right there. If faith is heard, then what do I allow myself to listen to becomes extremely important. In fact, the reason why scripture warns us against things like gossip and bringing a bad report is, is crucial because what we're hearing is either feeding doubt or building faith. What we're hearing is feeding doubt or building faith. What are you allowing into your life right now? What are you tuning into and listening to? And is it building doubt or is it building faith? And I, my prayer is this, is that we would guard what we listen to. You know, I think of when the spies were sent in by Joshua to spy out the land and some came back and gave a bad report. You can look at what happened to those guys and read the scripture. I think there's something powerful about us listening and hearing the word of God. I, my prayer is this, is that we wouldn't just be people that would allow ourselves to listen to any old thing. No, we would be tuned in. What is God saying? You know, when, when stuff hits the fan in the family or in the workplace, 
Everything seems like it's a whirlpool washing machine and it's, everything's going left and right, up and down, and nothing makes sense and, and, you, and you can't seem to find an anchor point. Well, well, I want to encourage you in those moments, and maybe that's your season or moment right now, is in that, in that season, the temptation is to listen to all the negative reports, to listen all to the naysayers and listen to people who are going to call you out and not call you high and all those different things. My encouragement to you is this, is that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Choose to hear the word of God. At least, at least let that be a portion of the pie of what's being fed into your life. Faith is actioned. And this is pretty self-explanatory. It says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It doesn't say faith if it does not have works is dormant. It says faith is dead. Faith is dead. And so how do I know at some point in my life, in my walk with God, there have been moments, faith action moments, where I've had to make a decision. And it's a conscious decision. I know, and most of you would know, is that you reach that point where you feel the presence and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to you about something. It's at that point we need to make the conscious decision to choose to trust him and action that faith. In faith, step out and say, okay, God, this is what I believe you are saying. I've sought wise counsel. It's been confirmed in your word. I have heard it in worship and prayer. God, I am believing that this is what you're speaking to me. And it's at that point that we step out in faith. We action that faith. And I know, and I say this all the time, when we put God first, we never come second because he is faithful. And here's the last one, is that your faith will be tested. doesn't sound too exciting when you hear it that way, but it's actually a good thing because it means that our faith will be strengthened. And it says in James 1, 2 to 8, My brethren, count it all the joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. It's very fascinating and interesting that that is what's produced. Our faith produces patience. And so in other words, we're not reactive to all of the, the different social issues that are going on. And we're not reactive to all of the people that we disagree with in our life. Faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now I want to say this, and if you've been around long enough, then you know, you've been a Christian for many, many years, you know when it comes to your faith and it will be tested, is doubt will come knocking at your door. You know that in your journey, and maybe you've come to that place for the first time, things have been sweet. When you pray, Jesus answers. When you read scripture, it comes alive. When you worship, you feel God's presence when everybody else doesn't, and everything's fantastic. But trust me, there will come a time in your walk with him where doubt will come knocking at your door. 
But the good news is this, is if you're in that season right now and you're doubting, maybe it's because you've been isolated for, for God knows how long, over a year now. Maybe you just, you just got all these doubts and, and unchallenged thoughts and unchallenged ideas that have come up inside you and all this doubt has crept in because of the lack of community and, and, and so forth, which is why I encourage you to get into community and get into relationship with your local church and the people that's called you to. But I wanna encourage you with this, even though doubt comes knocking, I want you to know there is another one that knocks, another one that stands at the door. And it says in Revelations 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens up the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus is also knocking at the door. Doubt's knocking, but Jesus, his knock is louder. And his knock, when we open that door, brings incredible peace, incredible comfort and confidence and settled assurance. Only those things that which can be found in Christ. I wanna read a story here now of the Good Samaritan. And this really challenged me in my faith this week. And it's in Luke 10, uh, 25 to 37. It's a little bit longer, but as you hang with me here, it's a fantastic story, obviously told by Jesus. And so it says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Does this question sound familiar? This is the very same question that the rich young ruler asked Jesus, but it came from a, different, a very different place. One was because of wanting to genuinely actually inherit eternal life, and then the other was because this we're trying to trap him as a, as, a, as a religious teacher of the law. Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart or your soul or your strength and all your mind and love thy, your neighbor as yourself. Jesus told him, do this and you will live. How profound is that? The man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And that's a great question. And Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw that the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan and a Samaritan at the time, Jews and Samaritans did not get along. They did not show up and have parties together. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. And then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn and where he took care of him. And the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. See, when I read this particular 
passage of scripture. It reminds me that there is a difference between stepping out in faith for my own life and stepping out in faith for others. And the controversy that this could have caused the Samaritan to step out for this man could have been the ridicule that he could have received for doing that. Why are you helping a Jew? Why would you do that? There's a, there's a difference between having faith for the promises of God and the favor of God for my life versus believing for the favor and the promises of God for others. And this is why God has called us to work in community. And I wanna talk about right now the future needs of Exchange Church as we move forward, as we come out of this coronavirus season. I know that there has been not just a natural shift, but I believe that there is a spiritual shift that is taking place right now in the lives of people and in the life of Exchange Church and many churches in fact. I believe that our best days are ahead. Now, I talked at the start about having faith for moving out of my parents' house to my own house and then having faith to buy my own house and how much of that was a miracle and a testimony to God. Now I want to talk about stepping out for God's church, for the bride of Christ, for the institution that Jesus established and he is returning for. When we stepped out in faith to plant Exchange Community Church, I remember being down at the movie theater in Walnut Creek and I remember being in there thinking to myself after hearing how much it was going to cost, $36,000 a year for the rent, I thought, how on earth are we going to pay for that? But God did and God is good and it happened. How good is God? And we had met a couple of great years uh, in the movie theater and, and saw people saved. We saw the church grow, kids ministry established as we stepped out in faith and went forward. Then we went from the movie theater to Parkmead Elementary School, which is in Walnut Creek. And I remember thinking to myself, when I got the email about how much it was gonna cost, how are we gonna afford the $48,000 a year rent? But you know what? God is good. And it happened and we did it because of God. And we were able to meet the school and we saw the church grow to two services. We saw incredible things happen as we continued to go forward. And then obviously, because of the coronavirus, the pandemic hits and things begin to shift and change. And at that moment, we were just looking for office space. We didn't really, we were looking for it. We still are looking for a church building, but we were looking for office space, a place because we were growing and, and we needed a place to have volunteers come and do all the things that we did. We didn't know anything about this coronavirus was going to happen, but God knew. And I remember though, taking a tour of the current ministry center, which is where I am right now. And I remember thinking to myself, how on earth are we going to afford the $72,000 a year rent? And it was plus the $48,000 for the school. But you know what? God is a good God. He knew where we would be at and he provided every single penny so far that we have been able to stay online. You know, I don't know if you know this, but thousands and thousands of churches across America have closed during this global pandemic. Thousands of churches closed their doors. And I think that is the saddest thing ever. But I am so stoked about is this, is because there is life in this house, because Jesus is in this church, and because the presence of God is here, the doors and the gates of hell did not prevail against one of his brides. And my prayer is this, is that that would not be our 
our, our victory song. My prayer is this, is that we wouldn't survive, but we would thrive, we would flourish, we wouldn't just make it and get by, but we would go from strength to strength to strength as we keep setting sail at the pace of faith into what God has for us. I believe that his church right now is the most essential need in our community right now because of the message of hope that we bring, the message of salvation, the, 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 the peace and the, and the love and the grace that that can bring, that people desperately need. And it is a privilege to be part of a church, a life-giving church that is seeing people's lives changed. Many people have actually asked me, well, what does the future of exchange look like as we come out of the county and CDC restriction season and, and specifically related to a place where we're going to gather? And of course, you know, uh, number one option for me is not to meet at the uh, Lafayette Hills, which is a great place, and it's not to meet at the ministry center and have all these irregular times, lack of consistency. None of that is plan A. That's not what we're believing for. And many of it, and have even identified and said, you know what, it would be a good thing for you to buy a building. And when people say that, I know that they mean well. And in fact, I encourage people to continue to say that and continue to have their faith stirred up for that. But, but sometimes I can't help but think that that is just like the priest that walks past the Jew that has been beaten and is down, who identifies basically the need and says, hey, you know what, uh, this guy, need you need to put some clothes on. You need to get those wounds attended to. But then he keeps walking. And I can't help but think that it would be exactly like the Levite who walks past and again sees the need but then just keeps walking. And I draw that same parallel. I can't help but notice that that sometimes feels like people that maybe uh, that attend church or part of this church and they come and they point out all of the things that we should be doing. Hey, you should be meeting in a building every week. You should get a building or you should buy a building. That would be a really good thing. But then they keep walking. And they keep walking and they don't even contribute one cent to the actual cost of what it takes for us to be able to purchase or, or get a building, a, a lease a building and do a, a, an amazing renovation on it. They don't contribute one thing. My prayer is that we would not be that church that sees the person that's in distress, that's beaten up and just walks past or the person that sees the needs of the church and can identify them very quickly, but then just keeps going and doesn't do anything about it. In other words, they live by sight, not by faith. And at this moment right here, I guess what I could say is that, you know what, we can either get a little bit offended at that, or we could allow us to get convicted and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you stirring in my heart right now? You know, last week I talked about the difference between God calling us to do hard things Verse God calling us to do impossible things. Hebrews 11.6 says this, And it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. See, my prayer is this, is I would love to have all of those things, but it requires the community of faith. It requires people putting action, 
to the faith, to the measure of faith that is being given to them and to respond in faith so that we are able to do in this next season what God's called us to do, to, to, to set the bride up of Christ, the bride of Christ up to do all that Christ has called us to do. And so I wonder how many of us right now as we enter back into society have actually forgotten that we are called to live by faith and not by sight. You know, in the natural right now, we can easily fall into the trap of just bringing a bad report. Talk about all the things, all the challenges and all the things that are going wrong in society and all the things that haven't been happening. And we can even talk about at Exchange Church, all the things that haven't been happening. My prayer would be that that would not be our confession. My prayer is that our confession would be a confession of faith. My prayer is that we don't gossip and complain to other people in church about all the things that didn't go well or, or, or church hasn't done well. Instead of just identifying, we wouldn't walk past the beat up Jew, but, or we wouldn't walk past the church in need, but we would say, you know what? If I identified it, maybe there's a reason I was able to identify, it's because God is talking to me about actually paving the way and serving and seeing a, ch a change and making a difference. Once upon a time, we didn't have a kids ministry. We had, uh, we had uh, one room and it was just a couple of kids and, and that's what it was. And some people put their hand up and said, you know what, I'm gonna serve and pave a way so that we have and pioneer an incredible kids ministry so that we can speak into the foundation and the future of that young person's relationship with God. And guess what? We saw an incredible kids ministry flourish and so again, that is, that faith is still in this house and we are still believing that we will pioneer and go forward as we come out of this coronavirus season. So let me make some declarations. In faith, we are believing for, we are believing for a building to buy or to rent and then to renovate. That's what we are believing for. Now you can't buy buildings with prayers. Although prayers are at the foundation in faith, prayers prayed in faith, that the reality is, is that it takes a, a financial commitment from God's people to make this happen. That's where the finances come from. God using people to provide and to make it happen. And so I know this, some of you may have never been in a church, uh, maybe you come from an established church where you've never even heard uh, a message on a building campaign, or making a building pledge, or have even heard of uh, any of this. And, and that's totally okay, and I understand that. But the reality is this, is that church that you came from, the reality is this, is that many, many years ago, there was a group of people filled with faith that got together, that prayed and fasted and believed that one day that they would stake in the ground and pioneer their own block of land that would build a building that would become a church, that one day, tens of decades later, that people would come to and sit in the presence of God. Friend, at Exchange Church, that is exactly what we are doing right now. We are in the midst of pioneering a church, taking back land for Jesus, and in future time, in future generations, they will come to Exchange Church, we'll all be long gone, and they will meet Christ because of the sacrifice that we make today. And we make that sacrifice from a place of faith. It's one thing to complain, 
that we're not meeting in person, but it's another thing to activate your faith and say, you know what, well, I'm gonna do something about this. I'm gonna contribute, you know what, my gifts, my talent, my resource, so that we can see his church continue to go forward. I'm putting a stake in the ground, a statement of faith, to meet in person weekly at the same time and the same place. And we are also believing to increase our missions giving. And at Exchange Church, we give 10% every year of what comes in exchange. And, and we do that because we feel that that's a conviction that God spoke to us right from the very start. We give to missions and we give to various uh, different campaigns. We give to A21, we give to India, and we give to an orphanage over there and we're working on that. And we also give to various different things that come up through the year as we respond to the leads of our local community. But we give 10%. And if we simply, if we want to increase and if you want to see that giving increase, then the simple way to say it is this, is we, we are believing to see the amount of people tithe so that increases. And that's how we've planned to do that. And so sometimes people give above and beyond to mission stuff and understand that. But generally, as our church strategy and our vision, we give 10% every year. And so to increase that, that would be the way that we would see that happen. I want to finish today by saying that you have a call of God on your life. And that call of God is accessed and expressed through our faith in Christ. And so my prayer today is that this message would stir up the faith that is in your heart right now, the faith that God put there. And my prayer is this, I, I was planning this week to speak on not being comfortable. Instead, I felt really inspired to lead with vision and to lead with the future of exchange and where we're heading as a church. My prayer is this, is that, that this message has stirred up your faith. And as we go forward into this next season, we would not lack, but as a church and a community together, we would overflow with the favor and the goodness of God. And I know God is going to use people like you and people like me to do that, to see the breakthroughs that we've been called to have. So I pray that today that you receive that word. I pray that it inspires you. I pray that it didn't come across like a, a 30 minute offering message, but I know that there are seasons when you need to inject a measure of faith into the heart of church so that we can go forward to see what God has for us in this coming season. We wanna be here. We wanna see people's lives change. We wanna see breakthrough and we wanna see things happen. And I'm so grateful for what God has done. And it's incredible. We haven't been called to do what's hard. We've been called to do what's impossible. I would love one day to look back at what God has done and just thank him. And I already, already do, but I, I know there's so much more that God, so much more vision that God is pouring out in Jesus' name. Well, at Exchange Church, our heart every week is to give people the opportunity to begin a relationship with Jesus. And I'm gonna pray a simple prayer and that prayer will come from my heart. I'm gonna pray it to God. And my prayer is this, is that you would pray it from your heart to God. And usually there are three groups of people. The first group, and I've ignored this group for quite a bit, but the first group of people, usually are the people who have a great relationship with God. This is, this is this group and things are fantastic. When you pray, God speaks. When you read your Bible, the words come alive. When you worship, you feel his presence and it's fantastic. My prayer today for you is that you learn this prayer that I'm about to pray. So that one day that you can pray it with someone in your work environment or where whatsoever. That would be my prayer. Well, second, second that's on my heart is this, is that 
Uh, maybe the second group of people is that you once were in a relationship with God, but things got complicated and now you're distant. And the third group of people, maybe you've never made a decision for Christ to be number one. So basically what I'm gonna do is this, I'm gonna pray a prayer. If you say, you know what, yeah, that's me in that latter two group. I need to get connected back to Him. I need my life right with Him. And as I pray this prayer, my prayer is that you would pray it authentically from your heart. So I need to pray this together. Dear God, I come to you today and I ask for your forgiveness for all the times that have hurt you and all the times that have hurt others. Holy Spirit, help me and guide me to live each day for you. And so from my heart, with my mouth, I confess you as Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, fantastic. Well, if you prayed that prayer, you can email us at hallowedexchangecc.com and we would love you not just to have a moment like this with God, but to get you connected into the awesome church community that we have here at Exchange. It's a very diverse, amazing community and we're believing that um, with incredible community group leaders that they will help you get connected and they will help you build some genuine friendships and also teach you, maybe if you're new to this, how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to worship God and all of those exciting things. I know God has started something today and he is faithful to complete it. And so with that, I pray that once again that you receive today's word, that you have a fantastic week. And again, we're believing for next week will be nine and 11 at the ministry center. We now have two services because it's been filling up and wanna encourage you to do that, to register and have we just the registration simply because of space, but we are believing for God to do great stuff and we'll see you next week in church.